Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, próspero año y felicidad. Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, próspero año y felicidad. listening ink studs and my guest this week is jane my uh jane's new books um you've got a bunch that have come out in the last couple of years uh from koyama uh see you next tuesday one of my favorite phrases to use for folks when i'm not <laughs> happy with them as well uh also from koyama from a couple of years ago sunday in the park with boys and from uh piao press you have soft which came out um earlier this year yes and Pond Smelt, which came out last year? Uh, came out in... When was 2013? Two years ago. Yeah, and it was it was sold out. The physical book was sold out, and then people kept hounding me about it. And I don't know why. I don't... Like, now, I don't think it's particularly good, but, like, people were obsessed with it, so we put it on the internet. Is it kind of because everyone's so obsessed with Animal Crossing? Maybe, and like the new game is out. I don't know. I have no idea. I've looked at it once because like everyone was talking about it, and then I, I asked my friend, and she showed it to me, 
and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I just couldn't understand it. It made me feel really old really quickly. I like Animal Crossing, though. I don't know. I just don't understand why Pondsmelt in particular had such extreme attention. Yeah. Um, people really love it. I guess it kind of connected a bit with some of the ideas from it. I don't know. I could see why folks dig it. I didn't necessarily get it. I enjoyed the comic a lot more <laughs> than I enjoyed the game. Um, if that makes sense. Uh, thank you, Jane, for joining me today. Um, now, it's it's interesting reading your work. I initially just read the um, the first Koyama book and then recently kind of everything at once. Um, and I'm kind of interested in the trajectory of that really early rough stuff um, where you're kind of just playing with ideas and gags uh, to the point where you're at now with the structure um, and really kind of fleshing out your ideas a lot more. And so I guess I'm kind of curious of where are you coming from and what was your kind of original interest in comics? Um, my very first exposure to comics was there was this like four panel gag strip in this local Chinese newspaper newspaper like in the nineties, and I I was like I don't remember maybe like five and I couldn't read them. But they were like really finally drawn and I would have my parents read them to me and I would cut them out of the newspaper like every week, I think, and like glue them into a notebook. So it kind of became like my first comic book. And I have no idea what it's called now because I completely forgot about it. I don't know where that book went. Um, I've moved a bunch of times since then. And it's not something I've even like thought about recently, but... Yeah, aside from, like, looking at the Sunday funnies or whatever, that's the first exposure to comics that I've had that I thought was, like, really cool because I didn't understand how to make comics back then, and I thought it was, like, crazy that people could draw stuff and make it into a story. Mm -hmm. um, not that I do, but... Was that kind of, for yourself growing up, more one of your markers for literacy and, like, learning how to read and stuff, or...? Kind of, or getting your interest going in reading? Yeah, I guess so. It was just more fun than reading because of the drawings. Mm -hmm. um, I actually had, I had to read a lot because my parents don't speak English and I didn't speak English. So I had to learn to do it. And like, I don't know if it was like a racist thing, but I went to like, I lived in a really bad neighborhood, and then we moved to, like, a nicer neighborhood because my parents saved up a lot of money, and we, like, could afford to move, and I went to, like, a slightly nicer public school, and, like, the teachers were shocked that I could speak and read English. Mm. I don't know. That was, that was a fun time. I read a lot yeah. of, like, fantasy books in the library. Um, where were you from before America? I was, a, I was born in America, but oh, okay. English is not my first language. It just wasn't spoken at home, and you weren't like exposed outside. No. Um, now, were you drawing lots as a kid? Kind of. Um, not well, but 
like mostly animals i think yeah i thought horses were cool i thought dogs were cool <laughs> tried to draw some of those when did you start drawing for yourself like um kind of exploring your ideas and things in the way that it's coming through in your comics like in the first stuff for koyama um uh, that would be much later mm -hmm. i started doing more gag stuff in college but uh, the more sad stuff came later Um, now, was it Parsons you went to for college? No, I was Pratt. Pratt, sorry. Another P. Yeah. Place in New York. Um, did you, you went there for drawing specifically? I went for illustration. Okay. Um, did you, what was the kind of thing in getting you to do comics for yourself while you were there? They were just like, well, I started doing, um... Just stupid fun stuff on the side. Mm -hmm. And my friends thought they were funny because they were in them most of the time doing stupid things. And I was like, oh, people actually like these. So I just like went with it and it just didn't stop, I guess. Yeah. It was just fun to do. Yeah. Now, one of the things I was wondering about, and maybe I remembered wrong, is I don't know if I saw any actual boys in Sunday in the Park with boys. There is, are there, no, Stinky's a boy. Okay. So there is one. <laughs> Just not paying close enough attention. No. Um, how did you get connected with Annie for that? Because that seems like that's the stuff you're making in school for yourself. Were you just posting it online or... Um, so Sunday in the Park with Boys was actually very different from the stuff I was posting on my Tumblr. Oh, okay. And, like, even anything I did in school. And I'm pretty sure she did not expect that at all. She went, she thought I was going to do a funny book, and she got this super depressing thing. Which worked out in the end, I think. Yeah. And, but I met Annie. She was at... This was before Cab was Cab, and it was BCGF. Mm -hmm. I went one time because I had nothing better to do, and I saw her, and I recognized her, and I introduced myself, and I think I gave her a postcard of mine, and she's like, oh, I know who you are. Like, she's seen some of my stuff on the internet, actually, and, like, a little later on, we got to chatting on the internet, and it just became a thing. Um... So, as you say, like, the book is a lot more depressing than your funny stuff. So, when you had the chance to do the book, um, did you intentionally want to try doing something different with it, or? Yeah, I didn't, at the time, I didn't, I wasn't really in a good state of mind. That was just how I was feeling. Mm -hmm. um, it was, like, it was a buildup of a lot of stuff over the years, and it just came out like that. Um, is that kind of the role that the bugs play that you use in your work? Just kind of representing some of that depression and anxiety? Yeah, they were. Did I see they, that book? 
They represent a lot of things, but commonly it's depression and isolation. And yeah, there's definitely a lot of anxiety that I have that I've been having as I've become an adult and like not being chill ever. Um, was that the kind of first time you've really been so open about dealing with stuff? Mm, not particularly. Not particularly, no, because um, the stuff that was on my Tumblr, they were the journal comics. Some of them wound up in the Tuesday book, and some of them were actually quite sad because I was going through a bunch of stuff, and every once in a while, instead of a funny journal comic, there was a sad journal comic, and there was actually like a whole, I called it a blue period because I'm pretentious of sad journal comics and there were actually like a couple that I thought were too sad and I took them out of Tuesday because I figured there was already a Sunday. And that was sad enough. Yeah. And in between there's also like a little mini called and I'm sorry I can't come into work on Monday I'm really really sick. So that's mm -hmm. the Monday. Oh okay. And so see you next Tuesday is the follow-up to that? Yeah. Now, well, one of the things, um, and I remember I saw you in passing at one of the, at the, I think the last Brooklyn thing, you're wearing an eye patch, and in the thing you explore wearing the eye patch, and I'm wondering about the function that plays for you. You talk about it a little bit, and I'm wondering about how kind of that utility in fashion work for you as expression. Um, it's actually a really stupid reason. I started wearing the eye patch occasionally because for some reason the contacts for my left eye get like really funky really fast, like much faster than the right eye. So I have to keep throwing them out and eventually I just ran out of them and I just stuck like the eye patch on because I couldn't see out of my left eye. Okay. No, that's a stupid story. No, well, the funny thing is I have, like, really severe eye issues in my right eye. Where oh. I uh, only have, like, my left eye is my dominant eye. So when I'm looking at someone, I'm looking at them through my left yeah. eye. But my right eye, like, it's not doing much. Yeah. So I completely understand that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more than most people. Yeah, I have really bad eyesight. Like, if I wasn't wearing any, like contacts at all i would not be able to see does it like so you have like your right eye as your dominant and do you find you just use that for your vision uh not necessarily but it is the one with like slightly better vision mm -hmm. and the annoying thing about the left eye is that i have severe stigmatism in the left eye and so does it also give you like headaches and stuff when you um with the vision problems, like having both going at once, does that help reduce that with the mm -hmm. with the patch? Not necessarily. Okay. I do feel like um, fashion and personal style is something that's kind of important for you, though, within yeah. your work. Um, and, I, and I'm curious about that interest in that, like how you um, dress and kind of what that feels like for you or like what you want to put out there like that? Good question. Um, I really, really 
like fashion stuff and dressing up and putting dumb things on my face. And it's not necessarily, I wouldn't call it playing a character, but I like exploring looks and themes as if I was in a photo shoot, even if I was just like going outside for like a couple hours. Mm -hmm. I just think it's really fun. Because in my everyday life, I'm really boring and utilitarian because I wake up at 6 a.m. and I go to work and I do work and then I come home and I'm too tired to do anything else. And if I get to dress up every once in a while, it's like, all right, I can get dressed up every once in a while and not be completely boring. Mm -hmm. And it has to do with like, Growing up and feeling boring or plain, I guess. And um, and I talk about it a little bit in Tuesday about like the body image issues and what I would like as an ideal body, but I can't have. So I just try to dress around that and look as outrageous as possible sometimes. <laughs> uh, was this something you got more into as you got older? Yeah, um, definitely. But a part of... A big part of that reason is that I had more disposable income to be able to do that. Yeah, because you're getting up at 6 a.m. Yeah, to go to and, work. Yeah, and I also like I care less about what strangers think. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a good feeling when you get to that point where it's like it doesn't matter. Yeah. And you can just do what you want. I feel that way. Um, and but you also do uh, photography as well. Um, does that kind of play a role for yourself? Um, I was noticing you do a bunch of different photography things on your site. Yeah, they're all really old. I would like to get into more photography. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something I think is really fun and cool. But for the things I would like, ideally achieve in a project it's it would be really time consuming for me and as a result i haven't been doing really any photography lately besides like selfies if those count <laughs> they but, do <laughs> yeah i think photography is great i really admire photographers i really like the stuff you posted where it's like these little figures that you made and you like take them to different places or like they would be in different settings uh, are those my babies Maybe, yeah. Oh, so those, I collect cupies. Um, Cupies are a kish phenomenon made for housewives. Uh, (laughs) They they exist in all kinds of forms, and the ones that I take the most photos of are the, I think they're vinyl, they're Japanese, they're by a brand called Sunny Angel. They release seasons and, like, series, and they're all, it's, evil because I want to buy all of them. So one season there'll be all f- little fruits and one season there'll be like little vampires and Frankensteins and I just I don't know, I think they're really cute. They're just like little babies. <laughs> it's just kind of like a collection that you just grow over time. Yeah. I'm a I'm kind of a hoarder. Yeah. If I like something I want to collect like every single iteration of it possible. I understand that obsession. Uh, I have too much stuff. Um, it's not a bad thing. No, no, except when you have to move. 
Yeah. And then your friends get all resentful, or at least mine got all resentful. <laughs> um, but back to your comics. Um, the so the pond smelt came out between your two Koyama books. Yeah. And so was that your first time doing like a straight extended story like that? Because um, I feel like with with the Sunday in the Park, it feels more fractured. Um, and kind yeah. of playing around. There are vignettes. Yes, there we go. <laughs> Proper terminology. Uh, yeah, so that was that your first time going exploring straight story A to Z? Kind of, yeah. I actually, the very first time I started on Punchmat was way before Sunday, actually, and I had this like whole big plan for it. And it was like uh, more of a long form story, um, but I got. I think what happened was I got like too sad to work on it because it was already about like sad things, and I couldn't. Even though it's like not really about me, I couldn't separate it from my life, mm-hmm. and I just like didn't touch it for a long time. And then later, I finished it, and it got released as Pondsmout. Um, through Piao. Yeah. Um, now, do you see Soft kind of a continuation uh, after working on that? Because like they do have a similar feel, and they're both little Piao books. Um, was that kind of more exploring? Um, uh, not as a continuation necessarily, but like a better version. Yeah. Since I was, since I became older and wiser and better at stuff. <laughs> um, one of the things I was saying earlier is it felt like the most kind of thoroughly, um, kind of realized book of yours, um, and and I'm really interested of kind of the background coming to it because I feel like you're you put yourself in there as a side character, um, as an observer in it. Yes. Um. And so, tell me about that, like, really, all your other work, you're kind of in there as a character, uh, but this, you're not a protagonist, you're very much like, you know, the, the third, fourth character, observing part of it, um, and kind of the role you saw yourself playing in that. Uh, it's fun. <laughs> it's, it's fun not being so important, um, but... Like I said, I told this to Annie Mock recently that any time that Jane Mai, in quotations, is a character, I don't think of her as myself, really. Mm-hmm. Like, she sort of represents me and she's doing things that I've done, but I don't necessarily relate to her. And she's sort of, like, almost completely fictional in my mind. Mm-hmm. And it's become this thing where I've put a Jane Mai or a Janie in almost everything I do just for like fun. It's like this little gag. And originally there wasn't going to be a Janie at all, but then I decided to put her in because like, why not? (laughs) It's my (laughs) Um, So this book, um, you're kind of exploring some interest in kind of horror and monster stuff. Yeah. Had that been an inter- like horror genre stuff? Had that been interested of you before exploring this? 
Um, was there anything that kind of like precipitated it? Yeah. Um, growing up, I had this um, very gross fascination with snuff films and like bad horror stuff and horror manga. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of horror manga is actually really cool in terms of like the crazy plot twists and the compositions that you can get out of like, like what does the inside of someone's mind look like? Like it gets really creative. And I think they're some of the best stories you can read in manga. Like I'm not necessarily a connoisseur of manga or anything, but I do really like horror manga. Um, And if not like stories, like at least how it, looks like icky like it just gives you this horrible feeling sometimes there's something about horror manga because i went through like a big junji ito phase recently yeah and how um he's really able to make you extremely uncomfortable in every way i like that i think it's a i think it's really powerful if something like any medium can make you feel that way like, so like a couple of years ago, or like maybe five years ago, I my favorite movie was The Shining, and I used to watch it like alone in the dark, like by myself once a week, just because I loved how uncomfortable it made me feel. And I want to, I want to do that to people. I want to make them uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't think I can right now, but like you know, maybe if I level up a little bit, work out. You'll get there. Work on the gun show. <laughs> um, what were some uh, particular horror mangas that stuck out for you um, as like kind of like The Shining, where you could just dive into it to make yourself uncomfortable? Uh, the most recent one I read that I can think of is the Junji Ito one, where there's a girl being spied on by like her her entire family and they're just watching her through all these holes in the walls and it's such a fear of mine to be watched like that yeah it's really spooky it's horrible i hate it and i actually i i was drawing something similar because uh earlier this year i was in europe for a bit and i stayed in sweden for a while and where I was staying, there wasn't a doorknob on the bathroom door. And it, like, it was kind of, it was bizarre. And it wasn't a problem, but it was kind of like, it was a little spooky. And I was going to do a comic sort of based on that, where like these weird events happen because there's this hole in the door and people are watching you. But then I read the Junji Ito one and I was like, oh, I can't do anything. That's this cool. Like I quit. And I just never finished <laughs> Now I feel with uh with soft it's less about the the horror as much as it's about like um uncomfortable feelings. relationships yeah and feelings um which maybe I'm not always great at expressing um but that idea of like how um maybe it's really especially like capturing that teen feeling yeah um yeah exploring that and I'm, kind of curious about more about that that trying to capture that like this is how intense shit is when you're 16 yeah 
That comes from when I first read Carmilla, which is what Soft is based off of. It was, I, the parts that I liked, I really liked. It was when Laura was describing being with Carmilla and like stuff like the kisses all over her body and like her weird confusion and like her guilt. And that stuff was very real to me. But as the story goes on, it would, it became more and more clear to me that, oh, this was written by an old man that did not understand teenage girls and never really will. <laughs> And I thought, I really thought he wrote Laura, like, really absurd. Like, she was an idiot. I hated her. And, like, I thought she could have been so much more. And I thought Carmilla could have been so much more. And I kept thinking about it. And then later, I was like, why don't I write my own Carmilla? Because, you know, Stephanie Meyer can write Twilight, and then people can write Fifty Shades of Grey based off that. I can do the same thing. And maybe, you know, it will be meaningful to some people i think we can agree that this is infinitely superior to both twilight and 50 <laughs> shades of gray thank you <laughs> um now the art on this uh it's a lot cleaner a lot smoother um than the say like the see you next tuesday stuff yeah. um, which is a lot more rushed and just uh more sketchbooky um yeah. Tell me about like that work process of um, doing these more kind of realized drawings. Uh, is it also pencil, or is it what is uh, kind of the process going into it? It's softest all pencils. They're um, yeah, they're all mechanical pencil. It's just like a shitty pencil I have um, that I like because. It's comfortable to hold. It has like the nubby rubber thing. <laughs> and I just fill it up with the softest lead I can find so I can get a nice texture. And that's, it's just that really. Um, it's definitely more challenging for me to do than the Tuesday stuff, which is all journal comics which are like really sketchy and they're not actually from a sketchbook they're like just on random pieces of paper lying around mm -hmm. definitely like have a sketchbook feel because I just throw them down to get the essence of what I want and with soft I had to think more about like how the panels looked and I didn't want it to be too repetitive and boring with like the same panels over and over like in Pondsmelt which is what I was more comfortable with back then just because I had never really done such like a long form project before and software tried to break it up and make it more interesting and added um, pages where maybe there wasn't drawing at all, which I was told was a bold move, but <laughs> I think it worked out well. I like that. Um, now you're talking about uh, with the, with the see you next Tuesday. I love saying that. Um, <laughs> how you just kind of rush to get the ideas out. Uh, do you use that as kind of a process in soft where you're working on on kind of punching the ideas out and then kind of looking where you're um, needing to kind of break it up a bit to kind of kill the monotony? A little bit. I knew there were some like highlight points that I wanted to stand out on their own and not like um, trapped in panels. 
And those ones I had planned out beforehand and I knew those were going to be separate and I would do those separately and then like put stuff around them. Um, my biggest challenge was actually, I was kind of a nightmare about this uh, to PL. <laughs> it was really bad. I, I guesstimated that it would be a short book and it ended up like being twice what I said it would be <laughs> the page length. And I felt like no, like I need this and this and this in here. Like I need more of this feeling stuff. <laughs> and was that their biggest book by that point? Yeah, it was. Because <laughs> like I, I got a lot of stuff last year. Uh, I saw them at Thought Bubble and like bought the table worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, but it's all very small, uh, little arty things. Um, but this is like, you know, it's a full little, I don't know, what's it like 70 pages? It's like 80, maybe exactly 80. Well, there we go. Still 80 pages. It's a full book. Um, yeah. So it is definitely a lot bigger than what they're used to. Yeah. Did you know, uh, what color you wanted to print it in? Yes. I, from the beginning, I wanted it to be lavender. And I was really fussy about it. I said, it has to be lavender. I need lavender. I want lavender paper. And I think we didn't even end up using that much lavender. <laughs> but it's it's something I decided way early on that Laura's favorite color would be lavender. And, you know, because lavender, like, is an aromatic that promotes, like, sleep and whatever and calming. And the book is not calm at all. But lavender is, like, a soft color, you know? And you have lavender on this first page yeah. plant, right? Look at that. I can remember what things look like. Um, that's awesome. I like that. Did you have to, like, get him to do, like, print tests for you and, like, make sure? Yeah, Patrick did a bunch of print tests, actually, on t- getting the perfect lavender because it had to be, like, a bunch of Riso inks put together because there's no lavender Riso ink. That's awesome. That was a brat. <laughs> I love it, though. Um, you know, it's it, it's amazing, though, because that, that's something really neat about the, the printing they're able to do. It really does uh, print amazingly and get across some really beautiful-looking books. So you're in good company there. Yeah. Um, and so, after, so See You Next Tuesday was more compiled from things you've been working on throughout the years. Yeah. Your ideas and things. It's a journey. Do you find that some of those small ideas that you want to kind of take them and explore them further? Um, sure, there were. I can't remember any off the top of my head, but there, there is definitely stuff that I didn't get to expand on. Mm-hmm. After a while, it does get repetitive. Um, and I definitely did not want it to be another like feel sorry for me solve fest i just wanted it to be like more light and like something you can just read and enjoy and not like feel bad about after um tell me about uh making labels for lil wayne oh um that was when i worked in the library and we had a label maker that we were not supposed to use for anything other than work (laughs) And I used it anyway. And at the time, he was in jail. He was in Rikers, I think. Was it Rikers? And I just, I Googled 
his mailing address there because he was like getting fans from letters. I mean, letters from fans. And he had like a little website where he thanked them individually. And I was like, hey, like, I'm bored and stupid and young. I can do this. And I used like library envelopes and stationery and I printed all these little labels for him using his real name, his stage name, whatever. And I put them all in the letter. I mailed them to him, you know, for his use in prison. Maybe he needs to label some stuff. It's, <laughs> it's not a cool place. It's label not, a shank. Yeah, it's not good for sharing. So, you know, I was trying to be helpful. And he actually did say thank you for the labels on his website. Was it his blog, maybe? It said, Jane Mai, thanks for the labels. I want to know what he did with them. I'm sure he threw them out. <laughs> I want to know that, like, in his jail cell, he's, like, labeling all his little things, you know, his special cup that he has for his water or whatever. Maybe he still has them somewhere. Like, he just kept them even when he left prison and just has them in a drawer. One can hope. Now, the do you still continue doing the same kind of similar journal comics that you're doing? Every once in a while, yeah. Uh, I, my life is a lot more boring now. A lot of those happened when I didn't have any job and I just was free to do whatever and a lot of it was really horrible things. Um, and like now since I'm being a useful member of society, I have the same routine every day. It's very boring to draw a journal comic about that. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, if something... I think that's funny happens. I will try to get it down. Like, uh, oh, dreams, for example. They're really wacky. What kind of dream stuff have you been writing about? So recently I had a dream that I went to like a Degrassi-like high school with Beyonce and Jay-Z when they were teens and they were like homecoming queen and king. And... <laughs> Beyonce thought Jay-Z was cheating on her, so she, like, was searching his locker and his pockets and everything, and he was like, no, I'm not cheating on you, like, you don't be ridiculous. But of course he was, and he got this girl, like, in this trailer park pregnant, and it was, like, a demon child she was giving birth to, and I was, like, spying on them. Jay-Z, what's he doing? Yeah. Spawning Rosemary's baby and stuff. Um... After doing um, the, the more extended work with Soft, um, is that something you want to kind of take further and do more lengthy work since you're finding your days are a lot more boring now? Definitely, yeah. Um, I would love to just have a lot of time to work on a really big world, mm-hmm. a really expansive world, and just like one big story. Because once you, like, start getting into, like, the 80-page zone, you can't really go back, <laughs> which is why Tuesday is, like, 120 pages. <laughs> the next one will be, like, 300, maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a lot of comicking. It is, but I think it's, it's really nice to hold, like, a nice hefty book that you've made. Very hefty. Are you finding uh, more of a response from folks with the more books you have coming out and stuff? Is that kind of helping drive? 
Yeah, people were uh, really excited for Tuesday and Soft just because I hadn't had anything come out in a while before that because I went through this period where I just like did nothing but work and then I finally I was like okay I have to do something and I put Tuesday together around the same time I did soft and it worked out pretty well Mm -hmm. I like that they feel like two different halves of your brain yeah (laughs) is there a certain catharsis when you're working in different uh, styles of story I think it's always fun to explore um something you've never done before not that I particularly push the envelope or anything to myself because I am very anxious and afraid of failure sometimes um, but for soft I it's not particularly different from my like regular default style if you call okay. it but it's definitely like I have a conscious way of planning that that I hope will carry on and I can improve on later than the Tuesday stuff, which is like anything goes, whatever, it's just there on the page. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more raw in a way. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jade, for taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you. I very much appreciate it. Uh, reminder, folks, I've been talking to Jade Mai, whose books are uh sunday in the park with boys uh pond smelt see you next tuesday and soft um don't say see you next tuesday to the wrong people though we'll get upset um yeah thank you so much thank you i don't want a